there, I'm board certified professional organizer, Kathy Burns. I'm really glad you're here. This podcast is designed for busy entrepreneurs just like you who want to take better control of your business and move forward with less stress and more success. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Organized Energized Podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at thepodcast.organizedandenergized.com. Come back often and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow me on Twitter at Organized Energy and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about how to organize your time to change your life. We're going to speak with Lisa Haisha. You're going to learn from her how to be a soul blazer. Yes, that's what she does. Lisa's traveled over 60 countries and stayed with the Maasai tribe in Tasmania, Sufis in Cappadocia, and shamans in Peru. Cappadocia? I hope I said that right. She's learned major life lessons about the power of simplicity and how to achieve peace in the middle of chaos. She's also a mother, wife, keynote speaker, audience, and <laughs> author and soul blazer. And of course, I think she's been an audience one or two times as well. Anyhow, join me. We're going to jump right in and talk to Lisa and meet her right now. Hi, everyone. I'm back. I am with Lisa Haysha. We're going to talk about soul blazing. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about travel and fun and, and in-depth exploration of ourselves as entrepreneurs. So welcome, Lisa. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, so great to be here. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about your soul blazing and how you became a soul blazer. So let's do the backstory of your life. What did your parents do and how did you grow up? Well, a long story, very, very short, <laughs> because that's one of my main talks. Um, here's the book, Soul Blazing. And this came about, I think, because I grew up in San Diego under a Baghdad roof. So we were limited on what we can do. We were much more restricted than other kids. So it um, really helped develop my curiosity of what's over there. You know, they wanted us to marry somebody. This is who we want you to marry. We went to a lot of funerals and baptisms and baby showers, that kind of stuff. A lot of it was family oriented and supposed to be home after school, um, no sleepovers. And so we didn't really grow that much and have some of the same um, experiences as other children did our age. So I think I just had this voracious curiosity. And at one point, my maternal grandmother came over and when I was around 10 and said, oh, she had gone to a psychic and told my mother, um, she said that my mother was going to marry a foreigner, which she married a guy from Baghdad and she's from Virginia, uh, and that she would have five kids, five girls, and one of them would be famous. And I, I get to be the famous one. My other sisters didn't care. They didn't, you know, didn't even ring. But to me that for some reason with my personality, it represented freedom and money and travel and all that, because that's when, you know, all these great stars were out there, Liz Taylor and uh, Marilyn Monroe. And I don't know, I just sounded so, I want that life. So I started researching, what is that, you know, <laughs> then figure it out. So I go, okay, I got to move to Los Angeles when I'm older. I got to get out of this marriage thing and I've got to figure it out. So I think that was a seed that was planted, which is so fascinating, which is really how possibly soul blazing started because your thoughts create your reality. And that's a big um, underlying value I offer with clients. And um, it's a whole process I put them through. 
And then one of the things at funerals, they had these women called Mathenas. That's not the actual name. Everyone calls it a little different, but they actually hand out tissue boxes to everybody in the immediate family. And during the before the funeral, they start saying harsh things to them, like, why are you crying? You were never even there for them. They needed money. You didn't give it to them. And it's like, you know, saying this in Arabic. And it, what I recall was a very firm way. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I was like, ah. so I'm like, this is so mean. And then you see people going down the aisle, the women hitting themselves, pulling hair out at the grave and trying wow. to. So I thought, wow, who are these people? So later when I was older and I could ask about it, I realized they were brought there to help people get rid of grief so they don't have to live with it, just get rid of it then, because then they give you 40 days, 40 nights, you know, Middle Eastern way to um, get rid of it. You have to wear all black and then you get to live your life again. So I, you know, so I thought about that. So when I was creating Soul Blazing, I went to, I moved to LA, I did the acting thing. I got a lot of me too, and my male friends got he too at that time too. And I hated the business side. I couldn't do it, especially being of Middle Eastern roots. So it was too much compromise and this and that. And um, so I decided to quit. But I thought, what am I going to do? I, my whole life, this is what I was going to do. So I went through my period of, you know, who am I? What am I? I lost my passion to live. It's like, if this is life, I can't just go get that job. I, I'm just not built that way. And I started seeing Christian Anapur on TV. Okay. And I thought, oh, I like her job. She's a war reporter. She's in Bosnia. She's in Afghanistan. That's like acting, but really, you know, in the real life acting, because <laughs> all this action all the time. And I thought maybe I could do that. Then I see Saddam on the screen and it was Desert Storm. And I'm like, oh, I could go to Iraq to find my roots. And um, then I see that they were talking about it's a uh, no fly zone. Their airport was shut down, that there was a bus ride from Jordan to Iraq that was very dangerous that got stopped five times and sometimes they kidnapped foreigners, you know, especially Westerners. So I thought, oh, I could go there, get kidnapped, then write a book with these people. <laughs> and then I could become be on CNN and all that. And then um, how to transform from terrorist to humanitarian, you know. You're a crazy woman. Yeah. And then I could get on CNN and become a war reporter because I thought I had an affinity for outlaws. And because um, I hitchhiked when I was younger, when I got mad at my parents and I got in cars with dangerous people. So I'm like, who are they trying to protect me from? Why can't I go do this and that? Did about a half a dozen times. And so they were my first therapist, really. Why do you drive this car? Why are you broke? Who are you? Why do you have piercings? Why this? Why that? And I went, wow, these are all really nice people who just made a choice. And you don't, there's not one cookie cutter way to live. And then I uh, worked in prisons. I went and got my master's in psychology. And then they, you know, for your 3000 hours, you, you have to do work. So I worked in women's prisons and everyone there was, I'm guilty. In men's prisons, I didn't do it. Wasn't my fault, which is really interesting. But so working the were, with were guilty and the men were not. Yeah, the women's like, I killed him. You know, he deserved it. This is what he did to me, you know. <laughs> and the men were like, I was framed. I'm not guilty. So working with them, I saw these different patterns and started, you know, how did they end up here? What is their psychology? How can I help them instead of, because one of them, I got the bully of the prison. She was six feet tall, shaved head. 
a snake coil tattoo on her head that went down her, you know, big biceps. And I'm like, okay. And she bullied everybody. And she's like, I'm just here because I have to be, because you get points, you get a privilege or something. Was, but I've been in here for 23 years. And she said, no one's been able to fix me because I'm not fixable. This is my life. There's, I can never get out. I'm a lifer. Everyone wow. is a lifer. But it looks like a whole city. It looks like San Diego. It looks like, you know, they have everything there. I go, but what's wrong with that? Then stay here. And she's like, I hate your stupid briefcase. I'm like, well, I hate it too. You know, I brought it here to impress you. You know, that kind of broke the ice. And we're talking. And um, as we were talking, once we broke the ice, I started... I held her hands and started talking her soul to soul. Like, I'm not going to judge you. Let's just talk. And somehow that broke her. And she started, you know, crying saying, Lisa, you just blazed my soul. Like, well, oh, you just gave me the name of my business. I'll call myself a soul blazer. I love and, it. Yeah. So I think all these things led up to then Iraq going, oh, I know these people. I know the, them. I, then I worked with foster kids a lot. And I, all these troubled kids and I could work with them. I'm like, oh, they get me and I get them. So I go, I could go and I, this was before ISIS had names and they weren't brands at that time or Al Qaeda wasn't a brand. This was before it was just, oh, bad people. Yeah. So yeah. So I went on that bus ride, went to Iran and I thought I could get to find my roots and understand my culture because I felt that was holding me back so much. Mm -hmm. Going there, I tried to get kidnapped. I brought a Louis Vuitton bag, fake and fake cubic zirconia when they came. Oh, my diamonds from my relatives. <laughs> and Like, pick me, pick me in. Nobody hurt me. Everyone's Habibi. How can I help you be safe? I'm like, where are all the terrorists? Where are all the mean people? I went to big rallies there. We hate America. America is Satan. Death to America. Then I'd go, I'm American. And I'd go, oh, Habibi, you eat for free. I'm like, I, American, America. Oh, no, we have to do that. They pull us. If we don't, we get thrown in jail or there's a punishment. I'm like, oh, my God. They said, we're just like you. We're just the people. We have to listen to our government. I'm like, oh, my God. So it wow. made me learn a lot about the world. And then I went to the orphanage there. And I started interviewing the kids there. And that was so profound. And that took me on a five-year journey um, to 15 countries interviewing children. And I wrote, that was my first book. And that experience just made me love travel and go, oh, there's so much more in the world. So I have a master's in psychology. Now I'm street smart and I wanted to go. Then I did a year of going to, went and stayed with the Dalai Lama for four days, went to the, um, Mountains of Petra stayed with the Bedouins, stayed with the Sufis in Cappadocia, the shamans in Peru, the Maoris in New Zealand, the Maasai tribe in Tanzania, the Aborigines in Australia, and spending like a month or so with each to learn the spiritual side. And I grew up with uh, traditional Middle Eastern, you know, then, you know, so every place taught me something. And then I felt like I had so much information. I'm like, let me write a book, Soul Blazing you know, cause I started doing these, um, different exercises with clients and it all started then with your soul, you know, when your soul gets in alignment with your personality, that's when your life starts working. When you're fighting against your soul's purpose, your life keeps going off and you're like, what's wrong? I'm doing everything right. But your soul comes in here. Your soul's a visionary and it comes here for a mission. 
And then we're, you have to have your personality to create obstacles because otherwise it would be boring if you go, oh, I want to be an actor. Da, 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 da. Oh, I'm the number one star in the world and there's no obstacles. And now everyone loves me and I'm super rich and I get to do whatever I want. The perfect relationship, perfect kids. So you have to have obstacles to grow. You know, look how bright the stars are. You have to have the dark vastness behind it for to see the stars, you know, light up and shine bright. And that's who we are. So we can't go, God, I wish that wouldn't happen to me. I wish I didn't have that obstacle because that's what makes you shine. You can't shine without that. Yeah, I, I see that. And I bet you, because you, you, it sounds like you stay with the kiddos for quite a long time because you can see their souls and they can see your souls much easier, I think, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, with the children, that's an easy transition. More yeah. power to you with the, uh, you know, working with the prisoners. And so what happened with the lady? Bella, the one that I worked with, she yeah. ended up going to a payphone, raising $25,000 or something for battered women and became the person like the angel that, oh, you're here. Let me show you the ropes and all of that. And she said she couldn't be changed. So they're like, what did you do to her? And I'm like, I soul blazed her. Ask her. <laughs> ah, from the from the bully to the angel. That's phenomenal. That's yeah. And that's when I thought, oh, I have a gift. There's I could tap into people the way other people can't. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, is that because of my early years of feeling I didn't really understand how I was being raised and then hitchhiking and at a young age, learning about these other people and seeing how well they treated me when I needed someone to listen. And you couldn't share everything with secrets, keep your skeletons in your closet. And, and I just said everything, oh, this is what I'm going through. And they listened and gave advice. I'm like, wait a minute. So I think I feel a connection with wounded people that are maybe destroying their life or not living life the way they could, because they don't know how to get out of the maze, how to get out. So, yeah. yeah, so I feel I'm not threatened by them. I know how to embrace them. And I think they feel that again, I've traveled so much alone and even in Amsterdam in the red light district, 4am, my friends are saying, let's walk all home together. I go, no, I want to walk by myself. And then I find the drunk guy who's six, four, will you walk me home? He's like, how do you know? I won't hurt you. I'm like, oh, I don't attract that. You know, I only, if you, I don't know who you are, but with me, you'll be an angel. Cause that's all I attract. Let's talk. Why are you this way? Why are you on the street? Why are you da 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 da? So there's always a, um, I don't know, a connection. So I, I yeah. wasn't afraid to, you know, go anywhere or do anything. Yeah, that's fantastic. And because you know that, you know, you, well, you're on sole purpose. So I think anytime you're on sole purpose, the obstacles kind of kind of go away. Yeah. So yeah, I, I see that a lot uh, throughout everybody's life that I witness and myself as well. You know, if you're on purpose and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, but you know, it takes a long time, I think, for people to figure out what is their sole purpose. And do you have any advice around that for people who are like, you know, I'm doing this thing? I mean, number one, first off, I think that people that are entrepreneurial and have started their business are kind of going down their purpose road. That's why they did it. They have enough desire yeah. to go there. But for people who feel like they're missing the boat, uh, what would your advice be to them, Lisa, you would say? I mean, people who are doing stuff that they don't enjoy just for money or. Yeah, they they're, they they started this business and it's not quite, they know that they're kind of tipping towards where they should be. Uh, what would your advice be for them to step back and do what to kind of see that, what you do with your modalities for your clients, probably. 
Well, I first of all don't think entrepreneurialism is for everyone. I think it's a very, very, very um, challenging road. And if you don't have enormous passion to what I say, make shift happen, that's my tagline. If you don't really have that strong, strong, strong desire, like life or death desire of, I have to do this. This is a gift. It's a super strong calling. You probably won't make it because you have to make so many sacrifices in your life. Um, it's not easy. I'm a mom. I'm, I'm a sister. Um, I'm a daughter. I'm a wife. I have colleague friends. I have best friends from childhood. I have friends from Los Angeles you know, again, a, a mother, 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 it's so much of driving pickups, having their play dates, they're this, they're that. So you have to find a way to balance it all and put it all in harmony where you don't destroy yourself. So it's really mind, body, heart, soul. And some people, some of my clients came to me, oh, I, but I work 24 hours a day. I'm going, that's your problem. What I found was the secret sauce when I was struggling and then go, okay, I'm sick of struggling. I'm not happy. I'm just working, working, working. And anytime I enjoy myself, I'm like, oh my God, now I've got this much piled up at home. It's yeah. not like, oh, I get to enjoy. It's like, if you don't do it now, it's just going to keep accumulating. So I thought, let me go in silence. And I learned like the 20, 80 rule, where if you work hard for, you know, 20%, the 80 just kind of falls in place if you have good structure. Yeah. And going in silence, I start meditating at the sunrise and meditating when the sun sets and just telling the universe, tell me what I'm supposed to do and just quiet the mind. And I wake up some mornings and I just put on chanting music and put in the ear pots because it goes straight into your brain, just getting the rhythm of the morning, calming everything, your whole nervous system. Then it's like, okay, now I could start the day. You know, because I'll get up early and do that and sometimes go back to bed and then start it. And if you exercise each day, and I'm talking, you could do all these mind, body, heart, soul in five minutes, or you could take an hour if you have that luxury. Right. Just read a paragraph of something inspirational, move your body, do three stretches just to wake yourself up, take a walk, even if it's just in your yard and back 20 feet or a mile, whatever you can do. But feeding your soul, feeding your mind, um, spreading love. Every morning I write to someone and say, I love you. You know, someone, you know, it's, it's, it's like, oh, it's your turn again. You know, because <laughs> it's just like, them. yeah, because really at the end of the day, what is life about? Um, I think one of your questions that you like asking people is what is a question that you think I should ask you? You know, yeah. and that would be something like, um, what really is the meaning of life? So cliche, but I found after all these years, really over 60 countries and being a mom, a, a spouse, a sibling, a daughter, I think the meaning of life is really um, to be happy. What brings you joy? What brings you happiness? And the what brings you joy and happiness is loving someone and someone loving you. How many people do you love? How many actually love you back? So yes, who are you as a person? And then you get joy and happiness from that. And then when you're happy, you could conquer the world. Then that's when success comes up. Well, I can't be happy if I'm not rich and famous or I'm not rich or, you know, successful or CEO, I have to reach my goals. You can't reach 
your goals and be happy. You might be rich, but you won't be happy. And that's, I've worked with so many of those people. Um, I worked on a lot of movie sets and with a, a couple of billionaires in Japan, but whatever, I've worked with a lot of people and success could come to you. But if you're not happy, you're going to blow it at the casinos. You're going to blow it on drugs. You're going to blow it on buying things, a bigger house, a boat, a yacht, a, a couple of, and then you have, you're so bombarded with responsibility and taking care of all these things. Then people, your inner soul, give me your money, give me your money. I don't have everyone asking you for money, not realizing you're not the only one. Now you got 10 people, 15 people saying, well, you got so lucky. Then it's like, who do you give what to and how it just becomes messy and it's lonely at the top. Yeah. So really it's about finding your people, a couple of people that love you and you love, and then that brings your joy that gives you your base. And then you could move from there. I totally agree with you on that. It's so funny that you talk about shift happens. So I almost named this podcast shift happens. Ah! Um, yeah. And then I tried to brand it to organize and energize, you know, the name of my company, because uh, it's really as about, but I thought, shift, you know, shift does happen and shift should yeah. happen. Actually, if shift isn't happening, then you're asleep. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah <they're> exactly. <laughs> yes, I agree. And you're not living life, you know, right. you can't right. live life safe in a little box, you know. Yeah, I, think, I think what you said about having to have having to have the dark nights, having to have the obstacles, we create those, I agree, because that's an expansion mechanism. It makes us expand. And if, if there's no obstacle, we don't expand. And then, you know, life's a bore. So uh, you're the queen of expansion, I do believe. I can't believe that you were running around going, you know, take me, take me. <laughs> abduct me i want to write a book about this someone kidnapped me so i could bond with you <laughs> and we could tell your story and i could fix you <laughs> I we could do a book fantastic. tour together <laughs> from terrorist to humanitarian <laughs> you oh, too can right. have this journey yeah. that's crazy so that just shows you that mind over soul you know if your soul's in charge that you can pretty pretty much safe and i think you can also control uh, how people react to you and how people treat you. You know, you yes. have a woman that uh, uh, a minister, she's walking in a bad neighborhood and she goes, well, it's not, you know, it's not a bad neighborhood. Those are not bad people that are coming to me. Those are people that, you know, I am, I am showing love towards. No one would hurt me. So you, you follow a similar path and uh, kudos to you. Cause it does take, it does take some inner knowing and knowing inner wisdom to do that. Um, okay, so I know you have your book and you have several other things. Is there anything that you would like to offer the guests here that they can download to get a, a closer connection with you? Yeah, if they go to my website, soulblazing.com, okay. and they sign up for the newsletter, they'll get a whole 10-page, um, beautiful, inspirational work there that they could have lots of insights from. And I'm doing this Zoom class, this three-tier Zoom class. The first eight weeks is, you know, know your imposters, really knowing the obstacles that you have in your life. And we work on those. The second eight weeks is know your story. So then we'll write your story, then rewrite your story, one that works for you. Because again, your thoughts create your reality. You can let go of when I was six, this happened. So my whole life is ruined. You know, I have clients like that. They're 50s <laughs> and 60s. Well, when I was six, my dad said this to me. It's like, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's the story on and on. <laughs> yeah, it's your it's like a lifetime ago, 10 lifetimes ago. Come on, let's keep evolving. And yeah. um, 
then the third eight weeks is creating your legacy to now that you know this and you have your new story how do you create from that you know joyful place and really um make shift happen and create magic in your life and a lot of it is radical self-acceptance and forgiveness and we do a lot of those exercises oh that sounds fantastic so if you folks download if you go to the website you download it then i'm sure you're going to be getting the updates about the zoom classes that are coming up i knew that'll be fantastic um so everybody jump in everybody can be a soul blazer yes we can <laughs> yes absolutely Okay, well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure. I love listening to your story. I've actually never heard of a, you know, a Baghdad house or a Baghdad roof being under. Uh, that was quite interesting, intriguing from the very beginning. But I, I think because you did have the mixed background that that's what put you on that quest. Yeah. You know, imagine if you were just born from two, you know, two people from the from the Midwest, it'd be a totally different person. So. Completely. We're all blessed by the backgrounds that we have, even though we don't think that we are half the time. Um, we are. We are who we are, why we are right here, right now with our parents so that we can, you know, find our soul purpose this time around. So thank you so much. It's been a thank pleasure you. getting to know you. And I really appreciate your time on the show. I appreciate you, too. You're doing great work. Well, thank you. Welcome. Signing off for now, gang. We'll see you next week. Okay. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to hear more, feel free to subscribe on the platform of your choice. Also, if you feel so inclined, I would truly appreciate a good rating from you to me. Have a stellar day.